Olympic level figure skating is hard, but acting is harder. We watch Sharp Edges and Breakaway, both starring Portland's own Tanya Harding. So that means it's time for another Portland at the Movies. In a world, in a time, in a land of eternal beauty, all that stands between a city and a disaster, in a city where anything can happen. If you thought you had seen it all. You'd be surprised how tough I really am. Hello and welcome to another Portland at the Movies. I am Todd Workhoven and joining me as always is Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well, Todd. How are you? I am doing okay. Next to me is uh, Brian the Unipiper Kid. How are you, Brian? Hey, Todd. I am doing really well and I'm really excited to be here today. Yes, because we have a special guest today. Uh, it is John Ryan Griggs, who is a producer at A Touch Too Much Productions, who this last week brought us the Tanya Harding Film Festival. Welcome, John Ryan. Thank you for having me. So uh, we were, you reached out to us and uh, asked if we would come to the Tanya Harding Film Festival. And I think our first thought was, well, of course there's a Tanya Harding Film <laughs> Festival in Portland. So tell us how this all came to be. Um, well, I've always been attracted to the Tanya Harding situation. Um, and of course, this year it's like extra juicy because of Tanya. So I was watching this special on ABC called Truth and Lies, and they did this kind of like, um, interview with everybody who's ever spoken about her and they had short little clips from a movie called Sharp Edges and so I was like wow I really need to see this thing and so I spent you know a couple hours on the online trying to track it down and I couldn't and so I reached out to the woman who made it Sandra Luco and I was like I need to see this thing and let's talk so she was she was game for letting us do a screening and this, that's how it happened. That's wow. how it happened. So, and we also, uh, so there was uh, the movie that you mentioned, which is, how long is the documentary movie? Uh, the documentary is 49 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it was a little longer than I, than I, I, I guess I didn't have any ex expectations coming up. But then um, as we learned, uh, it was, his, what was the director's name again? Uh, Sandra Luco. Okay. So yeah, uh, it was her, she did this um, documentary as a project for her senior thesis at Yale. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, and um, she convinced her professors, she, she told a great story, she was there and introduced the film, and she told a story about how she convinced her professors that she wanted to do uh, this documentary and had to go back and forth uh, because she didn't want to write a thesis but make this movie, and, and she had skated with Tanya, is that how she knew? Yeah, so they, they both uh, took training from Diane Rawlinson, who is like the big name okay. responsible for Tanya Harding's skating. And, um, and she was the one with the short bob yeah, haircut. Yeah, okay. Like the, the, um, Which she had to put in curler and blow, blow out every day as we saw in the yeah, movie. Yeah, meanwhile, everyone else is sleeping. <laughs> yeah, so she, she was kind of the, um, she was the coach. And so uh, Sandra knew her and knew Tanya because of that. And so she was like, I, I want to do this project about Tanya. And they were like, okay. Um, with the contingency that Sandra would film a, a sizzle reel for her, um, okay, yeah. you know, so that they could market market her, to yeah, potential investors. Okay, and so uh, in this documentary, uh, which was just called Sharp Edges, uh, Tanya is fifteen years old and she's practicing for her first nationals, or was that not her first nationals? It was... um, it's her first. It was her first it big something. Came across as her first yeah. in the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So so you just see these clips and you just reach out to the director and then all of a sudden you're you're showing this at a Tanya Harding film festival. How do we get from <laughs> I you, guess I did forget to connect a few. How do we get there? from you having a passing interest in, in seeking out this film to suddenly now we have a Tanya Harding film festival in Portland? What well, was that conversation like? You know, it it would be greedy for me to get the film and like keep it to myself, right? So um I thought, well, you know, if I want to see it, surely there's other weirdos that want to see it too. And so when I reached out to her, I was like, let's do a screening. And um, now she's from Portland originally. Yeah, she's from Portland, but she's in New York now teaching at Yale, which I, you know, I didn't I didn't think to do a bunch of research before I reached out to her. (laughs) I was just like, let's let's really do it. And, um, you know, so so maybe I oversold myself a little bit, but she was like, "Okay," And, you know, we had we had some initial conversations about like what I could and couldn't do. And then um, we got on the phone. I, I called her to make sure that like I was kind of on a similar wavelength as far as Tanya Harding goes with mm-hmm. her. Um, and then we just did it. And breakaway for me was kind of the uh, the chaser. Because Sharp Edges doesn't leave you feeling, like, awesome. You right. know what I mean? So did you know, like, once you had the idea of showing the screening, you, you knew of Breakaway and you knew that it had to be in there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think if we had just done Sharp Edges as, as an event, it would have been, I don't know. It's just, it would have been, there would have been a different vibe. Yeah. And it's a little short for, like, one event. Yeah. Yep. So, I thought it was a really cool juxtaposition, those two films together, because what it did, it was like the beginning of the story, the prequel, if you will. Yeah. And then it was like the follow up. It's like, we know what happens. and Everyone knows the middle the of the middle, story. Yeah. And this is like seeing this journey from from potential to what it ended up, aftermath. you know, after it, yeah. aftermath. And it, it was really cool to kind of see that transition. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah, it was neat. It really was a little, it is a little bit like the Phantom Menace. I mean, you have, I mean, Tanya is, I mean, and, and. It was better than the Phantom Menace. It was much better than the Phantom Menace. I was expecting, I was more excited about Breakaway going into this. Yeah. So Tanya, like I mentioned, was 15 uh, in, which brings a really interesting aspect because she still is very much a child and not, not an adult. And you see. You see what her life is like a little bit. Her mother is interviewed. Um, but before we kind of get into that, I want to ask you, what did you, why, why Tanya Harding for you? I mean, what is, and I have my own answer, but why, what intrigues you about the story of Tanya Harding so much that you would go through this? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I grew up, I grew up watching it. I'm not from Portland, but I can pretend to be. Uh-huh. So, you know, every time I walk through the Lloyd Center with a new person, I'm like, you know, Tanya Harding got her stuff. <laughs> and they like roll their eyes and don't care. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think to some extent, like Portland, you know, every city clings to their celebrity and we've got Tanya. So like, let's work with that. Um, <laughs> and uh, just kind of wanting to see the movie and knowing that there would be kind of this weird audience for it. It seemed right. You know, like people have kind of moved past hating her and they're back on to mm-hmm. loving her again yeah that, so, with like, a bit of irony perhaps but for sure it's like the sure. embracing yeah. vanilla ice again yeah it's it, an understanding a coming to terms we have her she is ours and we better learn to accept it yeah <laughs> well and i think i think the the whole macro story and, and why i find it so interesting and I, and I think you mentioned this when you introduced the film tanya is all of us like she 
is a hero and she is the villain of her own story and she's someone that one second you're really rooting for and really proud of and then the next moment you're like ah oh, yeah again what are you doing again and like i <clears throat> identify as as like i'm not good or bad i'm both sometimes and and all of us are both and and there was a there was a really interesting period that tanya had in like the celebrity death like there was a boxing tournament that she was <laughs> yeah. in oh, yes. and she was uh she was uh the on 80- the the 80s or the 90s show the, the anything for attention phase the anything <laughs> for attention phase and and we all seem to kind of really hate her at that point and yeah. there is this resurgence that you know uh, clearly i tanya has a has a lot to do with it uh in in terms of bringing the nostalgia back up uh but the uh, it's it is an interesting journey to watch is now we're like yeah we know her even with with current political issues and and things we go yeah he's a liar and we voted for him and he's there and he's kind of a known villain Mm -hmm. uh we're okay with that in a strange way nowadays and and so Tanya is she's that a personification. complicated figure. Absolutely, and you know who remembers Nancy Kerrigan really today? Yep. Everyone remembers yep. Tanya Harding, yep. and it's there's much more of an interesting story behind her. And yeah, you know, there there is no Nancy Kerrigan reference without and Tanya no. Harding. No. Yeah, in the the a good guy on paper, like the Luke Skywalker character, is kind of boring. You know, they have to go on an emotional uh, journey and discovery, and that's what Tanya was. Yep. Is. It never ends. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. And there's like, there's no resolution to that story, which is interesting, no, too. No, there really isn't. And um, to, to talk directly to that, I, once I got this thing organized, I was like, okay, next step is getting Tanya. So I thought it would be like a real treat for everybody to get her to show right sure, right because i mean I've, I've read other things where she she makes appearances at sure when people like talk about her or yeah. whatever and i thought well maybe i'll just get lucky um and i thought that that would take the whole thing you know playing god here it would take everything full circle everybody in portland would be happy and we would all go home you know <laughs> but she was a no show. but she was a no show <laughs> did you uh have contact with her or her people uh yeah i not her directly i I started initially, I sent her like a really lovely note because I figured, you know, like I, first of all, it's, it's polite to let them yeah, know yeah, that yeah. you're doing this. Yeah. Um, and, and that did not work. And then I uh, reached out to her press agent who she um, fired, or I think he fired her actually like right before. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Cause she was, she was uh, demanding. D- difficult. Yeah. Yeah. She was demanding like all this money if people brought up the the uh, attack on Nancy Kerry. Oh, I see. And and he's like, yeah, no. So <laughs> that didn't work. But he gave me the contact information for her. Um, I forget the title, but it's essentially like her godmother who handles her press. And so I reached out to her um, a couple different ways to. Um, she was not responsive. She was not responsive. <clears throat> she did well, not respond no. to comment. We do know where she lives. Like, uh, we yeah, could, we could, where, that, that just, is not a threat, hi. by the way. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, we could just yeah. send her a little mail. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, how far do you take it? Right. I, ultimately, it was, you know, I want her to know that it's happening. In a perfect world, she'll show up. But in a lot of ways, her not showing up made it a lot easier to do. Sure. And, of course. Uh, 
course. There was an honesty in in Sandra and her Q and A and what in the perspective she brought to the film that I don't know she would have been able to bring that had Tanya been there. You, you know that that's a good point too because right off the bat I talked to Sandra and I was like, okay, like what is your take on Tanya Harding? Because people are going to show up and they're going to love her and they're going to hate her and they're going to laugh and like I don't want you being tricked into something. Mm-hmm. You could tell from the audience that there were people like on both sides yeah, in attendance. Yeah, absolutely. There, there, most surprisingly, there was like a lot of love for her, like unconditional, which yeah. totally uh, took me by surprise. But um, <clears throat> Sandra's done a very good job of speaking her mind throughout the whole thing. Um, she's been on like countless TV specials and stuff. Talking she's about kind of a big deal. Like I didn't know who she was like. Cause yeah. You think like, oh, this was shot on VHS and they, like she could be just like some mom somewhere now that's right, just like right. so random. But she's like rattling off her Ivy League pro- <laughs> professorial. Was was there a moment in this where you kind of were like intimidated once you found out like, you know, who she is now and that you're working with her to put this together? Um, Actually, no, which is totally surprising. And it, it's just because I didn't do enough homework leading <laughs> it. I think that if I knew exactly what was up when I reached out to her, I wouldn't have reached out to her. Um, But yeah, like she was super. She was really cool. With. And like down to earth. She yeah, was really totally. great. And she stayed through all the way through breakaway. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think her and I shut the place down. At nice. The end. And um, yeah, she was she was so easy to be around and talk to. And she had so she was a couple years older than Tanya. So um, Tanya was 15 when she made this. And uh, Sonia made it with a shoulder mount VHS straight to camcorder with the onboard mic, all of that stuff. Which I, it looked great for what she had to yep. work with the the actual documentary. But because she knew Tanya and Tanya's mom and the coaches and and some of the players, they were astonishingly candid with her. Even Tanya talking about her mom and her mom in the her mom in this documentary. If if anyone has seen uh, the documentary Grey Gardens, like she was Grey Gardens, like just. She was wearing a fur shawl. It, it was a fake fur coat. Okay. My yeah. <laughs> my first thought watching it, as soon as it came on, the tone and the characters and what, the way they were talking, it felt like a Christopher Guest movie. It really did. Yeah. With real people. <laughs> yeah. And she, and not only did she have this crazy fake fur on when she's sitting in her kitchen, she, there's a bird just sitting on her shoulder. Yeah. And it is... Which I it, guess we would have known had we seen I, Tanya. Yeah, which I haven't seen that yet either. So I didn't know that that actually shows up in I, Tanya, that, that actual yep. costume there, which uh, the director also noted that visually I, Tanya, uh, a lot of it they based on uh, the documentary that she did Sharp because edges. that's of that time and um, a lot of tragic hairstyles in this in the documentary. <laughs> it was, yeah. It yeah. was rough, <laughs> rough going for everyone. But... It was interesting because you do really see Tanya as a person and a kid in this where you are astonished kind of getting a peek into what her background is, what she is not only accomplishing at that age, but kind of goes on to accomplish and just it, it really makes you root for her again. But then the next moment you're like, oh, like, and you just go back and forth. And and I think that's, I think that's what's intriguing about this because it's not black and white. She's not... No. And I think that's why the story sticks around. Yeah. And it's weird to see a documentary that's so old and you know how it ends and then you know what happens after and then after. And so, you know, if you watch this movie in, you know, 1987 or whatever, you would think, oh, this girl is really going to like nail it. You yeah. Know? She's going to overcome and and she doesn't. Tragic yeah. fall. Yeah. Yeah. 
but then she does she does and then she doesn't yeah. i mean and that's the thing she is a triumphant <clears throat> skater and she is yeah. someone that accomplished amazing and i was thinking uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how this is kind of like the Star Wars prequels, like watching Jake Lloyd knowing he will become Darth Vader and he's still <laughs> redeemed in the end at the very end. But like just knowing the journey that this kid is going to go on makes it right. compelling too. the brutal honesty was what got me, you know, like the, the coach is saying that she would be nothing, you know, without the skating and you know her mom saying how she sucks and, yeah and tanya like looking at the camera calling her mom a bitch like, yeah it yeah. was impactful there's really was. um there's a section in it when vicky mills who is a dance teacher local dance teacher who was brought in to kind of coach tanya out of her everything <laughs> and um they do like a, a sit down interview and she's like my goal for tanya is to basically eradicate like all of her characteristics. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's kind of rude. It was really interesting. Yeah. So they bring in basically someone to revamp her look and her style and stuff like that. And they told Tanya, we need to make you marketable. We need to um, change. Yeah. Everything about you because Tanya is white trash and has that background. And they, there's a scene. It's like a sad, pretty woman where they take her to like a department store. It's and one of my put, favorite scenes. And put a dress on Tanya. And I have like, the act and she's not acting but her reactions of putting on a dress and she's not mugging for the camera but she's just making those i can't believe i'm having to wear this and like working with the shoulder like super yeah. uncomfortable with everything about it and and it's like wow i'm watching somebody be like handed a lifelong body image problem right now oh for sure and it was crazy but it was yeah it was it kind of felt like a scene out of a john hughes film but not Totally, yeah. You can see Molly Ringwald putting that dress on for the right. first time, like <laughs> yeah. adjusting the shoulders <laughs> haphazardly or whatever. And I was offended that even though they had those stylists, that her hair never got any better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> despite ever despite even all into the, the Olympics, it was just that that hard hairspray, not bleached nonsense, and yeah, like a helmet. Yeah, an eighties helmet. Yeah. Um, other things that stood out to the movie, Todd. Anything uh, in in uh, sharp edges? That there was a lot of scenes that just kind of stuck with me. Oh well, it, it, this had less to do with Tanya, but she's preparing uh, for the nationals, and there's this build up to the nationals, and the she's there with the camera, and the nationals start, and I was like, well, why? I'm used to figure skating, and they jump, and they mm. have their program or oh, whatever. Yeah. And it's about a two-minute scene, it feels like, that is just complete quiet. Like, I kept waiting for the crowd to start or the music to start. And I noticed that the entire theater, too, everyone was just silent watching um, Tanya skate these patterns that she has been judged on. And it was captivating just watching her do the little moves. It felt to me like it was a, a dog show and it was like the judges going yeah. around and lifting the tail of a dog and inspecting <laughs> its rear. So part of the part of the ice skating um, finals, I guess, is you have to do these very specific uh, patterns on the ice and then hordes of judges. I don't know. They had yeah, like 15 on the ice on the ice, a bunch of old people in like the in <laughs> 1980s parkas and they go down and they look to see like where your bevel yeah. Uh, hinge or what not hinge is the wrong word, but you change sides of the skate to to make this very specific pattern. And apparently uh, the director said at the end that that used to be a huge part of figure skating. And like that's 60 percent of the score was based on their technical accuracy to be able to, uh, you know, to 
stay on that figure eight and it, and that's why it's it, called figure skating, figure skating yeah, exactly. yeah but then they excised it because it's not exciting for television and we saw one one clip where tanya brought out the ice marker oh yeah uh, when and she, was, she oh, places yeah. that I had no idea and i leaned over the mark i'm like what is that thing i'm like <laughs> she's making a figure eight uh and you're like what what uh, she yeah. puts the figure in figure skater yeah but other than i mean it was just so candid and so real and unvarnished i Raw. think that was a, a part of it because this yeah. was the late 80s and this was before the real world and before like all of the things <laughs> that we associate with reality what a reality TV. tv would like so the not only what did the did the candid Can candidacy? What would you call candidity? The the candidity, the candidness. There we go. The the candidness of the interviews was that's. I think that's why it felt shocking because it was real. It wasn't like yeah they did multiple takes and there was like music behind it. It was just and it it really is like maybe the only opportunity where you get a real view um, at Tanya Harding. You know everything else has been coached and yeah. changed and tweaked and everything an else opinion. Been this putting is an like ill-fitting dress yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly this this was real and uh to me it was it was remarkable that that sandra just had this you know what i mean yeah so yeah yeah sandra did make the comment at the beginning about i tanya she's like you all know that this is a work of fiction don't you like and and from her perspective how edited how how curated the presentation of who Tanya is yeah. uh, to the people was was overwhelming to her, at least, like significant, at least. Yeah. Another parallel I kind of drew between uh, is between Tanya Harding and O.J. Simpson, where obviously Tanya has not killed anyone, but both of them outside of the controversy that would engulf their life are astonishing stories in and of that. Like I remember watching the OJ documentary that came out last year, um, not the fictionalized one, but the documentary. And like OJ's story is a phenomenal American success story that is like crazy interesting. And that's before anything happens. And like that's Tanya too. I mean, she accomplished what like still only three women have been able to do with her triple axle. And like she did it 25 years ago or whatever. And that story and her coming from her background that is all just fascinating and then on top of that it gets complicated and interesting and intriguing and it's it's crazy how that's overshadows the do we still hate oj as much as we don't hate tanya <laughs> i think people still hate him i think I, right I, it's, I think it's interesting so. but i mean like he well i don't know he, he i haven't done the homework on him. <laughs> is, is, is that where we, we <laughs> ended yeah. yeah i think that's where we landed on okay. him <laughs> it'd be the oj simpson film festival <laughs> coming up next it's, <laughs> it's naked not. gun and uh, <laughs> the towering inferno the towering inferno <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. This is way offside, but uh, I I take care of an autistic uh, a boy who's thirteen now, and so I showed him Naked Gun, and he loves it and stuff like that. And uh, he's also into sports and stuff like that. And so he asked uh, who the OJ was, and I said, "Oh, that's OJ Simpson." And he's like, "Oh, who's that?" And like, I'm like, "How do uh, I explain this to <laughs> to someone new?" So, um, but anyway, well, yeah. Any last any last thoughts on Sharp Edges the documentary? Uh, I'm curious your uh the crowd that was there to attend oh, was yeah, fascinating yeah. to me because it was mm. all walks of life and i so i'm curious like <laughs> how you got the word out where these people were coming from because there was a significant number of 
gray hairs uh, yeah. uh and, and the yeah and, the, and, and we young we, people uh, hipsters and uh, yeah, there was there was a really interesting and then the tanya mix. harding and hardcore fans you're right right from, from, from yeah, Brooklyn. so how did, how did people yeah. find out about this um well you know i, I like to consider myself <laughs> a marketing guru um no i mean you know it, it started with the facebook hustle and then um the theater was uh placing ads in the um paper and stuff like that the alberta rose yeah yep and um i I think when the things really heated up i sent out a press release uh shortly before i reached out to you guys and um it got picked up first in i don't remember the order but it was like the tribune ran it and then next thing i know it was like everywhere and so we had like six or seven like pretty substantial write-ups on it um and you know sandra has a name for herself because you know she's an established successful person so she brought in a lot of people that know her or know her work um but you know i think the whole the whole tanya harding phenomena tanya fever as i called it at one point um that that helped you know people want more of the story and i think i think in a lot of ways people were expecting like a really sassy fun prequel to i Tanya. yeah um mm-hmm. and people are people were curious yeah so yeah yeah it was well attended and, and yeah uh, but it was interesting and we were we were trying to figure that out behind we like well there is definitely the an either an npr crowd or an, a crowd that reads newspapers and that was the older end and the younger ones were like well hipsters and people who love tanya harding and stuff like that but it was it was a fun it was fun to see so many different yeah. it was a good crowd and they had some really good questions during the q a yep very yeah, there's one person or how many people flew in from brooklyn uh, yeah so there's these two kids from brooklyn and like i saw on the um sandra's uh, um film wall like somebody commented oh we're coming from new york and like people always say stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know mm-hmm. and um sure enough there they were and so i talked to them afterwards i'm like you guys are crazy like <laughs> what are you doing here like surely you have like a family vacation or whatever and she's like no we came for this and um <laughs> So I, I've I've befriended them on Facebook, of course, <laughs> and um, they they started their day like they got. I think they might have even been on the same flight as Sandra. I'm not sure because they got in. They went to the ice rink. They went basically on a sightseeing tour. They went to the. Um, we could be tour guides. I was gonna say we. That's <laughs> why we need the Portland at the movies travel map, so you can go to all the little locations. Not yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what they did with their vacation. Was basically did they know Sandra or they no. just okay? No, they because I thought well maybe because and... she's out in New York, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no, they they had no um, wow nothing. That's so. that's pretty humbling. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And they were they were lovely people. Yeah. So I, I would call them crazy, but they were cool. So, yeah. You know. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty rad. Well, I had one last question um, regarding Sharp Edges. A couple of times it was mentioned the Clackamas Ice Rink. Yeah. Is that the same as Lloyd Center? No. no. Clackamas no. Town Center, uh, which they actually have removed the ice rink. It is no longer at Clackamas Town Center. When, when did they, that happen? Uh, I think a couple of years ago yeah. uh, they did. I never remember an ice rink there. Yeah. Uh, so that is mostly where she trained. Uh, she did uh, bounce around, I'm sure, to a bunch of different because. <clears throat> Part of her story, too, is how much the community donated time and money and energy to kind of keep her. Uh, and that was another thing, too, about the mom. Like, the mom isn't only a villain. And, and Sandra pointed that out at the end. She's right. like, mom er, worked 16 to 18 hours a day and gave everything she had to Tanya's lessons and lessons and Hard all love. the expensive. Yeah. All the expensive 
equipment and all that stuff too. So even she is a complex uh, character. Yeah. My partner, Nick, uh, as a, as a boy would hang out at the Clackamas town center and, and just to watch Tanya. Wow. And so uh, he like, uh, he got stepped on by her skate one time. (gasps) And you know, like that's his, wouldn't that be funny if he's in the background of sharp edges (laughs) somewhere to the 10 year old Nick or So I I think she got like her first time on the ice was Lloyd center, but all the training that she did was at Clackamas. Yeah. Interesting. Well, should we move on to the hit thriller? Yeah, Let's yeah, get on to the meat of the breakaway. So, so, how did you? So, um, breakaway was made in 1996. Not there's uh, 20 maybe filmed in Portland. The rest of it filmed in L- <laughs> in an LA alley somewhere that they had access to. Um, but how did you? I mean, I guess how did you stumble up uh, on this film? that he brought to us uh like did you always know about it or did you find no, it like in no. researching okay so i mean this... i could be really like cool and be like yeah it's oh i got but that would make me look break sad. away fair yeah um, no <laughs> so you know i was doing my tanya homework um and of course she's got an imdb and i was like what so i i tracked down a copy uh, i bought a transferred vhs like dvd bootleg thing <laughs> And the the quality was absolutely terrible, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that uh, she's actually been in two other films. One is called Oh yeah, I saw it yesterday. Yeah, and I something. Find it's her like a it's... boxing movie that she's got like five seconds in. And yeah, with uh, Prize Fighter. I, yes, just with Gary yes. Busey. Yes, yep. <laughs> I, I own it, but I have yet to. Oh, please tell me it was filmed in Portland. <laughs> I oh, hope. that'd be amazing. Maybe. <laughs> um, and then she recently did a film here. Um, called like road signs or something it's not out yet but i was oh, interesting. talking with a friend and he did some of the music for the soundtrack and i was like oh my gosh you have to tell me about it he's like it's terrible <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, well then i want to see it and i it, want to see it even more. coming up next on portland at the movies <laughs> i guess ron jeremy is also in it <laughs> oh my gosh so yes. it's got to be great <laughs> all right with well, that stamp of quality yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah breakaway um starring quote-unquote tanya harding who is introducing introducing yeah that's how this movie starts is it it gives its its list of of credits and 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 names and then at the very end it says introducing tanya harding and i was i was talking to brian before that i thought it was weird to say introducing when she's like the most famous person in the world at this point it seemed a little strange to me well, when you introduce someone, like, you know, their debut on film. And that's whatever. what, yeah, and that's, that's what Brian was saying, too. And I was like, but then you do an and or with a with, maybe, featuring, but like featuring. featuring right. Because, uh, yeah, I just thought it was somebody introducing, like, no one knew who she was. <laughs> Who's that? Um, but the copy uh, we found at uh, Movie Madness actually has a copy of Breakaway. So shout out to Movie Madness. Shout out to Movie Madness. Um, but we also found a copy that uh, we, we <laughs> that has a German title. So <laughs> instead of Breakaway... It's trans- what is it called, Todd? It's called Flucht in the Hole. Uh, straight out of hell, I think. Is yes, it's called Aligned in Hell, but yeah, oh, okay. straight out of hell, I guess, which yeah, I guess that's what makes going for. no sense. <laughs> straight wow. out of hell. You know, it's just like a, a really exhilarating title. <laughs> to sell that foreign crowd. I also noticed that uh, Breakaway was produced by Breakaway Productions. Oh, was It's always it? a positive sign. When <laughs> they have Frozen Assets was produced by... Frozen Actress Assets Production. That, uh-huh. that is sign uh, of quality. No, that's a standard practice in in, uh, Money in Hollywood. It, 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 precisely, is is you set up the corporation, you uh, bill everything to it, 
and then uh, all of the expenses can be uh, jury-rigged, basically, so that the movie ultimately doesn't make a profit, yeah. uh, so that they don't have to pay uh, people based royalties on royalties and, yeah. and all this stuff. So I, it's I doubt that pro- it made a profit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all guaranteed that, that it never would. Fluked in the hole. <laughs> I did, I, in trying to find some information on this film today, I did see what Tanya Harding was paid to be in this film. <gasps> oh, really? Did you did you see that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why don't you tell us? Um, what I what I read is that she got ten thousand dollars for two days of work. Okay, it felt like two days of work. <laughs> yeah, you know the the filming schedule says that it was two days in L.A., but then I also read another article that said that when they started to piece it together, it wasn't looking quite right. <laughs> so they flew back to Portland to do like a little more Tanya footage, and I'm the only thing that I can think of is like they wanted more Tanya in it, yeah. right? Um. And one of the problems that that um, made for the filmmakers was that time had gone by. Her her body had changed. She had uh, she had gotten breast implants. Oh no! <laughs> and um, there's a quote somewhere in my stack of notes here. But actually, it's, yeah, go ahead and find it. <laughs> I, I will wait forever. It's pretty good. Well, um, and and while you're looking for him, it it is a little misleading because. How many minutes would you say Tanya Harding was in this movie? Uh, do you have an answer? I don't. Oh, I, didn't, I um, didn't this time. I would say she was in there for no more than six minutes. Yeah. I would say that too. It's definitely less than 10. It's and I kept waiting because I thought the whole thing was filmed in Portland. And so <laughs> when it opened in Los Angeles with two characters that weren't at all Tanya Harding, I kept <laughs> I kept thinking that storyline was going to lead to <laughs> Portland or... But even Tanya's character is like irrelevant to the story. And yeah, totally. You so, can tell that was a late edition. Do you think that character was added when they got Tanya? Or would, did oh, they go? How did Tanya, like, why? How? She's not the star of this movie, and her role is not like cool, or it's just like an extraneous second girlfriend. Like, why did, how did this happen? Do you know? Well, I, th- I think that if you're going to try to, like, you know, would we be sitting here talking about Breakaway if it was just, exactly. you know what I mean? We would because there was it was filmed in Portland. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But, um, you know, I think well, the, the guy who wrote it and produced it even said, like, this is great. It, I don't care if she can act or not. Like, you can't buy press like this has gotten us. So so when when did this when was the scandal? Ninety uh, four. OK, so this is two years after that. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Is, do you know, did she ever go kind of into hiding or was she always like, did she just never go away after that scandal? Did she kind of lay back and this was her big comeback or is she just, I, I can't remember. So I believe that she kind of tried to, but there was so much uh, trigger happy press. So like when oh. she, whenever she would have a fight with a boyfriend, throwing hubcaps at him <laughs> or... Uh, that was a thing. Uh, oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. I'd forgotten, but yeah. Yeah, and which uh, evoked then there was a video game made where you could take hubcaps as Tanya oh and throw it at a boyfriend. Like, That's And amazing. so that like extended. Uh, and so I think she tried to lay low, but th- the nature of uh, the of that just didn't happen, uh, is, is my belief. She also had a um, a short-lived girl group. Like a musical act, what? Yeah, and that was like her immediate bounce back from 
from uh, the Olympics is she opened for Cool in the Gang <laughs> here in Portland. And uh, one of the articles wow. said that you couldn't hear her sing over the booing of the people in the audience. Oh, wow, that's rough. Yeah, but I, I have I have seen clips on YouTube of her performing and... Which we will hear right yeah, now. We... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think this is from a... Oh, this... really? That's... I don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't understand what's happening. What is <laughs> that? Is confusing. I don't know if that's her. Wow. Anyway, so you can YouTube rabbit that's hole. That's a Tanya that. Harding cover band. <laughs> yes. Can we start a Tanya Harding cover band? Cover band. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, now I've lost all concentration. What were we even talking about? <laughs> <sighs> we're talking about breakaway Let, well let's just state that it, it's a bad movie yeah. um yes. it's uh even by our standards there's okay i will admit there there are a handful of laugh out loud funny moments yes i would agree with that do you want to kind of set the movie up maybe and, and give us a framework let's try um okay so it stars not tanya harding right uh, other blonde girl yeah um who is a a uh, courier for the mafia. Yeah, you know the mafia in Los Angeles. How they all have right. <laughs> Jersey <Couriers>. accents. <laughs> and she is trying to get out of the job. She wants to retire and move to Fiji, and she wants to break away. Should we say? <laughs> she wants to align in hell. <laughs> uh, and she has a boyfriend. Yes. Who? Yeah, Carl. No, Carter. Car- Carter. Oh, Carter. Damn. Yeah. Know. All, all the guys in this later. movie look the same. I, this is the first thing I told you afterwards. I'm like, could you tell any of those people? I felt like I had white people face blindness. Like I could not <laughs> tell any of those people apart. So uh, she has a boyfriend who's two-timing her with Tanya Harding's character. Right. And, and he, he's a professional bomb maker. Of course. You know. Like there That's are. what he tells Tanya Hardy, and he makes bombs. <laughs> and we do see him making bombs mm-hmm. at the kitchen table where you make bombs. And so uh, not Tanya Harding uh, wants to break away. <laughs> wow. My, now, Myra. Myra. Her Myra. Name is Myra there. Yeah. Um, and so she has a hit put out on her by the mob boss. And for some reason, she has to wait 24 hours before she can escape. And that's why... She ends up in the hotel room with the other male character, Dan. That she meets at the art gallery. That she meets at the exhibit art gallery. Exhibit. Exhibit. Not the rapper. Just the art gallery. Uh, so that's kind of the framework. And she has to hide out. And then she's going to end up in Fiji with the money with Carter, her boyfriend. And Joe Estevez is out to kill her. And Joe Estevez, the who is set up to be... Not Martin Sheen. Not Martin Sheen. Yeah, so I was telling Brian... Uh, so Joe Estevez is Martin Sheen's brother. So that is Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez's uncle. And he sounds exactly like Martin Sheen. So much so that advertising agencies will hire him to do their voiceovers. And every once in a while, uh, because I believe he's a he's a conservative, he will do like gun pro NRA <laughs> stuff. And so everyone's like, why is Martin, Martin Sheen <laughs> telling me to buy an assault <laughs> rifle? That doesn't make any sense Join at all. The NRA. But yeah, he has been in, he is still working like crazy, but he shows up in the worst B-movies of all time. But he is constantly working. And he is, he's kind of like how when you saw a late Steven Seagal movie, like Out for Justice or something like that, we are to believe that 
Steven Seagal is a an assassin that we are all to be afraid of, but they're just like puffy, <laughs> puffy, <laughs> lumpy, wheezing. I, I resemble that remark. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not just always a, a sheen it. of sweat on them. Right. <laughs> yeah, not a threat. Right, right. But he's set up as the ultimate oh, yeah. assassin of the mob. He, he's brought in after the first. Um, the first people can't take care of business. Yes, because she not yeah not Tanya Harding. Gina is a is a badass. In which we see in a fight scene at the very beginning and then the, a wonderful escape scene at the airport where she is chased on her motorcycle around planes. That was one of the highlights of the film. That was. Uh, do you have that clip available, Todd? I don't. I can find it here a second. Okay. Although it's just going to be sounds of yeah. her. So she inst- she drives her car to the airport to look into one of the hangars to, drop, to make her final drop off. That goes wrong. The guy who's supposed to take it uh, starts trying to kill her. And so instead of getting in her car and driving away, she just runs onto the tarmac and Wait, the, holding a gun, holding a gun. And the guy dressed like Indiana Jones, who is the mob boss's nephew, I yeah. believe, but he's wearing the same overcoat. He's wearing like a satchel of some sort, a fedora. He go, he gets on a motorcycle and starts chasing her and they have a gunfight like a, she's. But- yeah, between the aircraft. Standing behind an airplane, which doesn't offer a whole lot of protection because, like, everything up to your upper chest is just open. <laughs> Airplanes are tall. That's so. true. <clears throat> but my favorite part of that scene is that they gunfire back and forth or whatever, and then she starts walking away like she's a badass, and, like, we see in the dis- behind her, the motorcycle comes around the corner and starts sneaking up on her, even though it's a <laughs> motorcycle. Wow, like, yeah. I might hear something behind me. <laughs> and then, yeah, she does around. that dramatic look behind her shoulder. And then the motorcycle starts speeding at her. She starts running at the motorcycle. Because she's she's firing her gun and uh, runs out of bullets. She's like, ah, what am I going to do? I will charge the motorcycle. And, and I will leap 20 feet in the air. Causing the motorcycle to crash and flip over the motorcycle is it, it's probably because he wasn't expecting that. And... I guess, and he falls down, and it's like it's that uh, Family Guy thing where Peter skins his knee, and for the next twenty minutes is because ah! that's the motorcycle guy getting off of the tarmac, and instead of instead of driving, getting in her car and driving away, how does she escape, Brian? She grabs on the back of a delivery truck. <laughs> <laughs> like the back of a, a bread truck is driving by on the on the tarmac, on the and tarmac she of the airport. Jumps like on the back does. and rides into town. It's comical. It's straight out of a cartoon. It is, and then they show her the next scene, like downtown. She's still clinging to the back of the truck <laughs> and like, the whole time through downtown LA. She was riding this bread truck <laughs> and hops up at the art gallery in her outfit. In oh, yeah, which it, we should mention. So yeah, her Mark. Do you have a photo of the uh, I, outfit? Uh, I I don't yet, but I'll, I'll I sent you one. Okay. So at the beginning of this movie, she's dressed in like this very '90s chic. I couldn't figure out if it was a skirt or shorts. I think it's a. I think it's a skirt with like a very frilly blouse. Yeah, very it's like glamorous. a glamorous bib. It. Yeah. That blouse was insane. It was like the. It was like the Seinfeld puffy shirt. And there is a close up of her where. So there's not only the frill in front, like where the puffy shirt is. There are two gigantic, like. Foot long, there it is. Okay. Foot long. Oh, yeah. They can't see it yet. They can't see it. Okay, yet. they can't see it. Foot long lapels coming off of it, and like she does a couple running scenes in it, and it's like it's flowing in the breeze. 
but that was and that's what she jumps into to jump over the motorcycle worth mentioning through all of these shenanigans she has a metal lunchbox with uh like three hundred thousand dollars handcuffed to herself because that's right that's really safe. that was the delivery and at one point and maybe i miss this in that very in in the scene where she needs to drop off that lunch box in the beginning and she gets in the fight to kind of like establish that she's a badass or whatever she picks up something and bashes one of the guys over the head and money flies everywhere but then she picks up the pail and leaves was that different money or did she leave, just leave all that money there there's there's confused the, they're looking at the outfit oh they're that's looking at that outfit is. isn't that and sh- either short shorts or yeah a, fl- a, a frilly skirt of some sort which of course <laughs> is what you do mob deliveries in <laughs> totally yeah. it's like a sexy librarian from the 1800s or something <laughs> i don't know <laughs> She just took off her powdered wig, too. <laughs> and it, of course, it gets torn up a little bit. She um, does get shot, yeah, once, and it tears in the shoulder or whatever. I swear that the lunch pail had the Tesla logo on it, too. Oh, really? You saw that. It yeah. had like a T. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah, it was like, that's what she delivered the money in was the, the metal lunch pail. Ugh. That was another good scene is uh, uh, when she was wearing that outfit and she gets into the car chase and um, she, she gets out of her car. And she starts there's a car. It's very similar to the motorcycle scene, but there's a car speeding towards her and he, she's shooting like two hands. <laughs> That's a, just general gun use in this movie, period. There's no recoil in any weapon. Like later in the film, he's holding the shotgun like down uh, kind of Scarface style by his crotch. They use an impressive amount of explosions, explosions just like in the area. I was kind of impressed by that. Well, they had to spend three hundred thousand dollars on something. Yeah. I mean, I I think that could have been it. And then the big the the car crash that you were setting up there is I mean, that was impressive. That was level of. Yeah. yeah, And that was right out of of nowhere. So so back to that scene, she she hops out of her car and she's pointing two guns, just blasting away this oncoming speeding car. And then uh, she just starts running away from her car and then the speeding car hits her car in the second the slightest amount of contact the car suddenly flips upside down and bursts into flames and then she's just walking away like in slow and motion she does that like cool guys don't look at explosions or whatever right and she's just yeah. like doing that walk away and then, yeah both cars explode as if they were just made of gasoline on cue it was it was it's a work of like b-movie art <laughs> There's no cops ever in this movie. I, we noticed that. I yeah, I, I was reading something about one of the somebody that gave it a review that I was looking at last night noted it that there are multiple scenes where people are just have open warfare in the middle of suburban streets, and there's never anyone that like looks out their window or like <laughs> there's no cops ever anywhere, and that was really bizarre. Ah, uh, white plane. What guy face blowing this? Uh, we could talk about Portland, I guess. Yeah, so Portland is in this movie, but it did kind of. Did they film Tanya Harding at all in Los Angeles and they came here to do pickup yeah. scenes with yeah. her? Yeah, so, well, the, the backstory on that is the day before shooting, everybody got together, I'm assuming like in, in this guy's garage or whatever, <laughs> and Tanya was a no show. Was this here or in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles. Okay. Um, so they kind of freaked out because, like, she's the the reason that people would right. come to it. Anyway, so he had to fly up here and find her because he didn't have her phone number and he didn't have her address. So he went to Beaver Creek and, like, sweet-talked the people of Beaver Creek <laughs> to, like, letting her, uh, giving up her address. So anyway, he tracks her down and, like, 
basically begs her to come and be part of this film, even though she had already been paid and agreed to it and stuff. Um, so she came down with her parole officer because her parole was for three years. Okay. And she couldn't leave the state the without, state. you know, a special. Yep. So huh. they filmed her bits in LA and then um, the, the reshoot like six months later or whatever was done up in Portland. Yeah. So that's why Portland is just, literally just fleeting in this movie there's one one establishing shot of omzi and then they do um an interior there's omzi of a bridge i didn't really know that bridge existed in omzi across the um like a little walkway so omzi there i think this is our first time we've come across omzi at portland the movies which is a little bit surprising i put it on our map last night and i noted that it was the first one that we've seen yeah we've seen it uh and so they call it um i didn't catch this when we saw it in the theater but when i rewatched it they show the establishing shot of Omsi, and then they cut to an interior of Omsi, and then they have like a um, announcement over the radio there, and they they just call it the uh, museum. They they leave out Oregon. They just call it the Museum of Science and Industry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not Oregon. And then there's a scene out in the Esplanade where you see there's that little outcropping or whatever yep. where you can which is see. literally right behind Omsi. Yeah, and so you can see a nice little shot of downtown and the Markham Bridge and stuff like that. But that is the only. So I was I was kind of surprised. I thought more of it was going to be filmed here, but um, and and that's what I guessed too is that that was a reshoot. That's why it's not called Portland. Like I like I said, I kept expecting Portland to play some sort of role in this Los Angeles film, but um, I was denied. So they got Tanya. Um, should we talk about her acting? <laughs> is that what we're calling it now? Well, um, she's I, I, not an actress. <laughs> no. Uh, she's really not but it's funny the way that the I I pull out a uh, press clipping from the weekly world news so you know it is good (laughs) Um, the paper but um, if I may it says also known as the paper the paper Uh, disgraced skating star Tanya Harding is getting rave reviews from cast and crew on the set of her new movie Breakaway Uh, it goes on to say um, by Joe Estevez, you know, credible name in acting. Instinct. That's what Tanya has. Instinct, he said. Um, and then the director. It might be the wrong instinct, but boy, <laughs> does she have it. The director said uh, she's really got a great look. She's got a fantastic body and she's very photogenic. So she looked a lot like I, I thought she looked a lot like Amy Adams in this movie. There is a cup, especially the scene that I'll play on the Esplanade where when her hair is pulled back. Uh, she looks a lot like Amy Adams. I was really surprised. Um, but here's a little bit of um, some acting with uh, Tanya and Carter. You're out of your mind. You got me after the crack of dawn to do this. You gotta stay in shape, baby. You never know when you're gonna need to run. Yeah, but we could have slept in and ran later. Not me. I got a full day ahead. Tell me where the explosion's going off so I can be in the clear. It's not that. Something came up. Instinct. Where am I going to meet your friends, Carter? I never mix business with pleasure. I should do business with you. I can see you more. You want somebody blown up? Besides you? No. You'd never make it in my line of work. You're not tough enough. You'd be surprised how tough I really am. From now on, call me when you want to see me. We'll make an appointment. So, there is uh, a little bit of uh, acting from Tanya Harding. Are you pretty much played half of her screen time. I really did. Yeah, that's it. And it's so weird because her her she, character is nothing. It doesn't matter to the take story it out. at all. Yeah. 
Well, she's in good company, though. I mean, she was keeping up. <laughs> she was keeping up with her peers. That's I true. In, in this film, that's true. Uh, so, where, where even the? Where there, there's an interesting, um, yeah. an interesting little quote here. Uh, Eric Gardner, he says, uh, "Oh yeah." Once production began, blah blah blah. I would stand off camera and read her her lines, and she would repeat them. Oh no, this is from uh, Sean Dash. We're called director Sean Dash. But she had no problem with the fighting scenes. So, um, you know, it, it, shortly after the praises were sung to the Weekly World News, they were starting <laughs> to admit that, you know, she was just being used for her, her star yeah. status. Yeah. <laughs> to put Can you blame in them? <laughs> Instinct. I did notice the director had gone on to do a bunch of things for like uh, the the Learning Channel and yeah. the Discovery Channel. Yes, Discovery he Channel. did. How it's made. Like I, I wish we would have watched How It's Made for this because I would have much how rather watched that. How ru- watching rubber be made is more entertaining. He did. Than he Tanya did the Hardy rubber acting. episode. I saw, I saw that. He, uh, this week's episode. He, of rubber. He said, uh, "Signing Tanya got us the kind of publicity you couldn't buy." Now a Discovery Channel showrunner. The fact that we couldn't make money with that kind of press is what got me out of the B movie business. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, that is true, though. That's sad. It's <laughs> sad. Well, we can thank Tanya for having that episode of uh, Rubber. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so after she, after not Tanya, uh, Myra escapes on that back of her bread truck and ends up at the, at the uh, gallery. She meets a guy there that is looking for a blind date and Myra pretends that she is the blind date. And that guy's name is Dan. And he, his life is just altered forever because he becomes a felon and a murderer in the, in the next day. Um, but I wanted to talk about, um, so they meet there. She pretends to be his blind date so that she can kind of get away. There's a, there's a fight in, Oh, because Indiana Jones guy who's chasing her inexplicably after she just drives drives to that place right so she had jumped on this truck and just rode into los angeles and he somehow walked right into the gallery like 10 minutes later to go chase her i didn't even think of that it's you're, pay- you're paying more attention than me <laughs> <laughs> all this yeah all this happened on the second viewing uh but uh so she she and dan go on a quasi date after this that begins at sunset lasts what must be Hours and hours and hours. At, w- at one point, they're f- they're fencing, fencing they together fen- on the pier. Fencing on the beach. They are fencing on yeah. the beach. She in asked, fencing gear. She asked him to show her something that she's never done before. So. Oh yeah, and he goes a picnic, and she goes a picnic. You haven't been on a picnic with me before. And then they're fencing <laughs> on the beach, which is insane. You need to be hooked up to electric. And they both they know how to fence. They both like, know how to like, fence. They both have full on fencing the, gear. The statistical odds of that happening of like how many people do you know that like that know how to fence? I I think I've met two in my life. Yeah. But how many anthropology professors do you know? That's yes, true. that's true. Oh, uh, that was so amazing. So I couldn't quite figure out she is is hiding out and is using Dan to kill time and for <clears throat> to kind of lay low. Why does she need to wait a certain amount of time to escape? She they want to go. She wants to run away with Clark, whatever I, his name is. The only thing I can think is maybe she was waiting for Carter to Carter. free up to become available to go run away with her. You would think he would prioritize that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? He's sitting in his house making, making bombs. bombs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I feel like he was the 
he was the time constraint because she was going to meet up with him and he had some stuff to do he had to deal with gina you know who is the tanya thing (laughs) yes um yeah i'm not i'm not sure why they that was really strange i thought um and we're like there's a bunch of mobsters in this movie like i mentioned i couldn't keep any of them apart um yeah, Anton is like the head guy, right? Okay, he's the big boss. Yeah, and so he's got this like slew of people who are totally incompetent. And they that's when he really hires are. Joe Estevez, who is okay because gray. he he was surrounded by incompetence. And every yeah. time they showed, there was like eight of them, like yeah. eight of these Goomba guys <laughs> playing basketball, playing basketball in suits. In yeah. suits yeah. And I was ev- waiting for Tommy Wiseau and his football to show up. Exactly. Oh hi. <laughs> <laughs> and every time they show this group, they did it during a fight. At, there's the big, there's the big shootout at the end of the movie too, where all the they're all trying to run through the desert, trying to kill each other. And every time they show this group of eight people, it's like it's a scene from West Side Story because they're all like <laughs> gathered down. They're like on their haunches, like ready to snap, like in a little group to be filmed together, like not facing each other, but Eating like in a hamburgers. <laughs> you remember that scene? Yeah. <laughs> When uh, you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Totally, <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, it, well, it is kind of weird. You know, Myra's got this guy in the hotel, and he's like, "Okay, you know what?" Uh, he, he gives her a back rub with a beer, <laughs> and, and she's all bruised, and she's yeah. still lying to him. He still doesn't know anything about that she is unusual, other than it's obviously she's trying to get away from something. Yeah. And she says something like, "My back has never felt better." <laughs> yep. I take this gross hotel beer, and then um, and they were laying on top of the hotel comforter, as you do, which is like they definitely both have syphilis now. It was <laughs> sure. just gross. If they didn't before, if they did before. <laughs> yeah, so he they spend all night in the hotel room. She tries she to his car. She tries to yeah. steal his car the next day, but he was one step ahead of her and took the key off the key ring. But she just hot wires it. Uh, tries to drive away. He stands in front of the car and. Once again, she just starts running away, like into the streets of Los Angeles. It's the second time, and not the last time, she will just start running down the street, going somewhere. Um, that was crazy. Tanya's fight scene. How did you guys feel about Tanya's big fight scene? Do you guys remember was, Tanya's big fight of scene? Course, I remember. Of okay, I would say it was serviceable. It probably filled the need that it needed to fill. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's that's fun. what people wanted. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, though, the problem I had with it, if I if I really want to be judgy, yeah, it's like she comes out in flats, right? <laughs> so it's not like a sexy fight scene, right? And she's kind of in like a matronly, well, like a right dress be- she might have made herself. Right before this is from Laura <laughs> Ashley. Right before the fight scene, so she's running away with with Joe Esterhaas. No, not Joe Esterhaas. Yes, <laughs> writer, screenwriter of Showgirls, Joe Esterhaas. If only. Joe, so that much have, oh, this movie would have been so good. <laughs> Nomi shows up and don't uh, get me going. <laughs> That's I will, right. I will absolutely start a Showgirls podcast with you right now. Okay, um, let's do it. Um, but she is running away with Joe uh, Estevez, and for some reason, Joe Estevez takes off his fedora and his overcoat and dresses Tanya in it. Yeah, so he's gonna. What was the point of that? He wants to like uh, make her look like him, so he can get the sneak on these aren't the bad guys. Oh, so basically, n- she's the bait for this. Okay, yeah. And I... then he says to her, which is probably my favorite line of the movie, uh, he's like, have you ever fired a gun before? And she goes, I know how to take care of myself. <laughs> Should I find that? I totally <laughs> if find you that could. Yeah. Um, 
Because, you know, again, it's delivered in that really convincing kind of tone. <laughs> in Instinctual? That... Yes. <laughs> Instinct. That's what she had. Now, is, is that the scene they had to change due to the uh, conditions of her probation? That's a different scene. Yeah. But yeah. Why don't we talk about There is another scene where she's in her apartment, like, you know, I don't know. making a Sitting sandwich. at the table or whatever. Yeah. In fact, she is making a she sandwich. She is making a sandwich. And, um, oh, my God, the names on this one. It's killing me. Uh, to- not Toby. Whatever his name is, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend who's two timing her. Yeah, sneaks yeah. in through the window because you know the money, and he's gonna hide the money in her house. But she knows something's up, so she's ready to defend herself. So in the original version of the script, she turns around and would like pull a gun on him. But the the parole the parole person <laughs> that was sent to Los Angeles uh, with her did not like that. And so she, in the finished film, she pulls a butter knife. Yeah, she's just holding a butter knife threateningly. Yeah. yeah, so that's pretty good. So here's a little bit of the um, that little exchange between uh, Tanya and uh, Joe Estevez in a parking garage for some reason. He runs off and shoots some guys. She gets in. My favorite part about her fight. So there's a couple kicks, which for how athletic she is, didn't really, I didn't, was not all wowed by her kicking prowess, but she kicks a guy down, not only down a flight of stairs, but as the guy is falling down the flight of stairs, he corners the little switchback and like falls down more <laughs> stairs. Like he makes an effort to go around the little tiny corner of the stairs and fall down even more, which I thought was just That's amazing. amazing. That's- I think the best part of the fight scene is when she takes off the hat and the coat as she's like walking towards the fight. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. She is. Yeah. That's definitely her moment. Uh, that's one of the gifts that we posted this last week of her walking up to her fight and taking on that one guy. And in uh, fairness, if you were about to get in the fight, and, I would, and the hat came off, and it was Tanya Harding. You'd probably run. I mean, it's true. or just Can fall you down the stairs. Imagine, yeah, <laughs> I'll gladly yes. fall down these stairs. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, maybe that guy just threw himself down the stairs. <laughs> uh, so, for some reason that fight happens. Then there, Tanya and not Tanya and Carter, all end up in a house somewhere to hole up and hide. Yeah. So. Somebody's got a cabin, right? And um, the one of the mob guys knows about it, but he doesn't realize till later. So they're hiding out in the cabin, and um, that's when you know everything comes to a point. It's yeah, when the mob remembers that there's this abandoned cabin. Oh that yeah, they have access to, and that's probably <laughs> where they're hiding. Um, so they go up there. I thought I just I thought I just missed the reason I guess I didn't even think about how they all knew where the hideout was I, I caught that like the third time I, saw, <laughs> I was like oh there is a there is, there a, is a connection there. see this movie is worth watching oh, multiple guess, times so you pick up on layered. so much more this movie is so deep <laughs> nuanced mm-hmm. uh, but then Carter Carter the two-timing boyfriend um, tries to kill Dan. Yeah, doesn't like the new guy. Doesn't like the new guy, Dan, who 
is still part of it. Like if I was looking for a blind well, blind th- date I at the art had, museum, I think at that point he had fallen for Myra, and Myra was falling for him, and so it's so hard to let. It's go. a story for the ages. It's when hard, you, who am I to judge? Yeah, you know when you when you do fencing with somebody, <laughs> do fencing, is that yeah. when you fence with somebody? When you beach when, fence, when, yeah, it's for life. It's it's real. And then with with uh, three hundred thousand dollars on the line, I mean, <laughs> I know that was just a weirdly weird number, of money. bizarre low amount for like. <laughs> Risking Strangely your enough, life. it is the budget. They did. <laughs> oh, that's true. They didn't. <laughs> the movie didn't have the budget to say that it was a million dollars. You can't even afford to pretend. That. <laughs> so uh, Carter ends up. Um, they tie him up because he tries to attack Dan with an axe at one point, and they pull a gun on him and tie him up. And then the mob comes, and there's a big shootout. Yeah, and then. Is that the exciting conclusion? And then some guy catches on fire uh, and they ride a horse. Oh, that's right. There's a horse. They at the make end of the guy back. on fire. They it's, make it. It's like Anchorman. Yeah, yeah. They like <coughs> they take care of business there and then they go to take care of the big guy Anton. Oh yeah. At his yeah. house. And that's when um Estevez gets like, like they he like pushes them off of the the railing. This was after he threw his fax machine uh, over the balcony. <laughs> the main, the main mob boss. And he had boss. been shot too, and and so that's when it comes to a head. There's a scene where he gets mad. A fax comes over his fax <laughs> machine, and it says, "I forget what it says." He, he had killed. Bill me for Nikki. Bill yeah. me for Nikki. Yeah, he killed his nephew or whatever. And, and he so faxed him he slowly him <laughs> walks over to the fax machine and pulls out the fax and looks at it and like. And like picks up the fax machine or walks over like Frankenstein's monster to the balcony and like throws the fax machine off and uh, that was amazing uh, and then he was he was firing gun off of that balcony too uh, then what happens and this movie is over I, this is about the time when I was really struggling to stay awake it was yeah this was this was, was late at night late. by the time that, and this is when I looked around and I was like there are 11 people left. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely kind of, um, you know, people wanted to see Sharp Edges. Oh, totally. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I, we uh, wanted to see this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you go to a buffet and then like at the end, only the really, really fat people are like, not calling, <laughs> not calling the audience fat. But these were like diehard, right, diehard right. people. Who, well, and I would imagine if Tanya was in the movie more, people would have stayed. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> no, I mean. Um. So they end up, uh, oh, there's that gross sex scene where he's just tracing his finger up and down like her entire body, which was just really gross. And then at some point, the old man was in a Speedo, which was upsetting. He kept getting out. He kept threatening to get out of the water (laughs) where the camera was at crotch level. And I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Please stay. Stop. Uh, Then she makes not, not Tanya makes off with the money. No, she no, doesn't, she doesn't because they've oh, hid the money he, in Tanya's um, apartment. Yeah, in her, in her oven, oven because she never cooks. Yeah, we've established that. So, I thought for sure they were going to burn the money. It's like, oh, I'm going to make yeah. a pizza tonight, yeah. and she turns on the oven. I should use this after all because they went a great deal of exposition setting up that they never yeah. used the <laughs> oven. And, and then they uh, show her, oh, the pizza calls. Uh, let's see, 451 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> uh so then what no but uh, gina still escapes yeah uh, or not gina uh not gina 
Oh, not Gina. <laughs> it's not all Gina. interchangeable. Myra. Yeah, Myra. Myra and her new boyfriend, Dan, Dan are like, right. you know what? Enough is enough. Let's go to Fiji right. without the money. We don't need the money, right? We're in love. So they're they're on the beach walking away. And, it, you know, it's just probably somewhere in LA, obviously. But like <laughs> they're walking down the beach and there's like this one umbrella where somebody's like sitting behind it or whatever. And they're having their romantic conversation like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to the money. And I go, I guess we'll never know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> And then you cut to... We were not playing a clip from the movie. That was just <laughs> no, actually that's, you. That's my <laughs> It was amazing. Which, you know... It was better outside. actually than... <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Um, so then, you know, they cut to whoever's sitting at the um, umbrella. Umbrella. And it's, sure enough, Tanya Harding. Tanya Gina, Harding. And she has taken the money and gone to Fiji as well. And, yeah. you know, they just walk by each other, don't realize in the beach yes, they'll see each other at the at the early bird special next <laughs> yeah. day, the next I, day. I did see a production photo of them filming that scene and it, <laughs> it was like in a parking lot where they're just having yeah. tiny Harding in a bikini in a parking and they lot. just brought in a truckload of sand and they just had a really it's not even shot. sand she's yeah. sitting on like a a, a pallet <laughs> yeah yes it's kind of amazing they couldn't afford sand <laughs> But it's like the real actors actually got to film on the beach, and no, no, Tanya, you just sit right there. <laughs> oh, that's where the the main actor, they're Dan and not Gina, are walking down the beach or whatever, and he says something like, "It's it's just like shooting a duck." Exactly. Like, what does that mean? I, that's not an expression. It's just like shooting a duck. Is that was that set up earlier in the movie, and I didn't hear it, or I just thought it was a bizarre thing to say. I don't know. I know nothing nope, about anyway. shooting ducks. <laughs> Let us know in the comments Let below. Us know, yes, if that's a famous expression that I didn't know about. Is... I think shooting ducks is kind of hard. I would like, think. It's, it's not an easy... Not everyone can do it. Right. Uh, well, is there anything else that we're forgetting to talk about from Breakaway? Would you recommend it? <laughs> well, where could one even... You can find it at Movie Madness. Movie Madness. Movie Madness. Or I... if you are fluent in German... Uh, the <laughs> the um, Amazon uh, Germany. Oh, Amazon. you can go get Amazon.de. You can go yeah. get fluked into hold. I have, I have two copies, so if I ever have a garage sale, you can come to my garage <laughs> sale and buy I almost thought, because you were telling us a little bit about that beforehand, uh, and I thought you were going to show the German version oh. uh, in the theater, but it's the English version. That would be, that would be exceptionally cruel. Um, <laughs> I actually, I lucked out. So there was this this guy terry from new zealand who runs a tanya harding fan page <laughs> take a second and um he well what's this what's the stinger on uh where his web page is hosted uh it's something like GeoCities. It's, I, and i i don't think he has refreshed it in a while um it's like the space jam website it's just <laughs> yeah. been untouched yeah. he made it right after the 94 olympics and... <laughs> yeah um, but he reached out and he was like, what version of the movie are you showing? And I was like, <laughs> a copy of the VHS. The director's like, cut. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, let me help you. So he took um, the German DVD and dubbed it with the English language VHS, which was oh, very, okay. very kind of him. Yeah, to do that's because, awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, wow. it was going to be like mega. I mean, the, the that's copy pretty I impressive. first had had like the blur. From when you oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was trying to justify why that was okay. And it would have been okay. Yeah. But what we ended up with was like yeah. H, not HD, but like it digital. Was, yeah, it was DVD good, quality. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Awesome. Well, I think that does it. For, it does. I just had a thought. Tanya. Yeah. You know, we, we, well, oh, 
you know, I, uh, before we wrap this up, there is one important thing we need to discuss. Oh. And we need to talk about what movie we're going to watch for next week. Ah. That's Mark, right. why don't for, you for tell us? Show. It is your choice yeah, for so... what we are picking next time. Um, uh, and now the you're... name of the movie, I always get it mixed up with like Harold and Maude and all of the other two named. Harold and Maude uh, was not filmed in Portland. Harold, Go on. Uh, but that would have been amazing if it was. Um, it's Captain Antonio. Uh, starring uh, Jim Belushi and uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. And it is... Or Homer, Homer and Eddie. There you uh, go. Homer and Eddie filmed here in Portland, and uh, so we actually uh, met with uh, Jim Belushi a couple weeks. ago. We had him on the show last week. We, no, we was, did not. Well, I wish we did, but uh, we we met him as he was uh, uh, presenting some new strains of his uh, uh, marijuana from his uh, marijuana farm down in in Southern Oregon, and so we had him. Uh, sign our copy our vhs copy of, of homer, homer and eddie, and eddie. <laughs> so we will finally and that's kind of been an in-joke for our show for a while because it is obviously we cannot escape that movie a terrible movie and it keeps coming up it, it was inside um you, you i bought, bought a... i bought one of those vcrs like when you when you shot vhs to or straight to vhs you would have that um camcorder that you would put on the loop like a purse more or less and mm-hmm. And you would work that and had all the inputs and stuff like that. And I found one at the Goodwill outlet way out in Hillsboro. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's only $5. And so we brought it. I was showing you guys. And there was a tape stuck inside it. And I was like, oh, cool. Someone's home video from you know 1986 <laughs> or yeah or whatever it's going to be. And it was an unmarked tape. And so I was like, oh, cool. And so I turned it on. And it was like halfway through whatever it was. And I was like, well, that looks that looks from is that James Belushi? And I rewound it, and it was a someone's home dubbed copy of Homer and Eddie. Yes. Like they rented it. And yes, they and it dubbed it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and so that was, yeah, and so it's been popping up, and we it's finally even decide. Than porn, really? It is. Yes, <laughs> as the, as the box says from the director of Tango and Cash, <laughs> nice. which is the classic Stallone uh, Kurt Russell movie. So That's that will nice. be uh, our next next month's uh, show. So. Do look forward to that. Well, if people wanted to find out more about you, John Ryan, what can they do? Tell us about. Tell me about uh, a touch too far production. Much, a touch too much production. What did I say? Far. Much, you know, it means a touch too far. Well, now it's too much. <laughs> I think that was a PSA <laughs> video. That actually sounded a little too serious, <laughs> like like kind of a sex thing. Uh, <laughs> well, now it's too far. A touch too much productions dot com is you know the occasionally updated event page okay. for. Um, all the things that I give that you put together, to. yeah, yeah, nice. So, um, yeah. So Twitter, Facebook, can people find you? Yeah, everything. Awesome. Slash a touch too much. Cool. Production, so awesome, awesome. Uh, Brian, where can people find out more about the Unipiper? Well, hopefully, they're already watching this uh, from the Unipiper's uh, shared live stream. But keep nice. up with uh, all of my ongoings at theunipiper.com or uh, Facebook slash the Unipiper. Nice. Mark, if people wanted to hear more of you and me, what could they do? They could go to the Mark and Todd cast at uh, the Mark and Todd cast dot com or, or our Facebook. And uh, when we're not doing this, uh, we have a show about Portland and some science stuff. We do. Uh, and if you're listening right now, let us know where you're listening from, if it's anywhere interesting. Uh, but also you can be hearing us on the Fun Employment Radio Network, which just launched um, a rebranding of their uh, um, 
their uh, subscription thing. I don't know what it used to be called, but now it's just called uh, the Fun Employment Radio Supporters Club, the FERSC. So if you are a subscriber to uh, them, you get to hear our show a day early, usually. Um, You get to hear a bunch of extra content from them. They started kind of a behind-the-scenes show that is only available to subscribers, uh, and they've just ordered neat enamel pins for their supporters. So if you're a supporter, you can get one of those uh, pins. Uh, You can also visit portlandatthemovies.com slash map to find a map of all the locations from the movies we've done so far, including Omzi with some um, screenshots of Tanya in this movie. One of them, look, she's looking at a brain. Uh, and then the other one, she's on the Esplanade. What's and the other that? one, yeah. <laughs> I'll use kidding. this someday. <laughs> uh, but find out more. Listen to our past episodes at portlandothermovies.com. Um, what should I play at the end? Uh, oh, t- no. Should I play more Tanya Harding singing? Is yeah. That what you're gonna say? Find another video. Okay. We will play a little bit of Tanya Harding uh sings country western in portland bar yeah so there we go well thank you for joining us john ryan it's Uh, been a real treat yeah it was great to have all the little behind the scenes stuff and thanks for uh putting on the festival it was uh, looked like a success (laughs) and it was fun so thank you thanks um we will see you guys i have a feeling this is not going to be She's duetting. There's a man in a cowboy hat. There's like harmony going on in there. It's not bad. They practiced. There is a camera crew. I mean, not just the audience, but there's like a full-on camera crew here too. So it must have been for something. I wonder if they wrote this. Is this the cover? Maybe. I don't know. It's a Tanya original. <laughs> if only. <laughs>